Hey guys, this is Austin and John, and welcome to another episode of the Meatgistics podcast. Patrick. I had to start out today because John can't can't gather himself and, and use words. Patrick told us right before we started not to touch the microphones as soon as we start, and all- right before I went to talk, I went to reach for it. I stopped. I was like, okay, and then I did it again. I just noticed something on the last few edits. I was like, man, they get real handsy. Uh, right, so I'm I'm not going to touch it. Austin has already. No, you have his. permission, just not in the first sixty seconds. Okay, so we're not at. 60 seconds yet. So uh, I will continue to be good. Okay. we got a bunch of things today. Um, we have a seasoning that, who was it that sent that in? I don't remember anymore. It's been so long. Was it Rafter? Rafter? Yeah. Pretty sure it was Rafter. Rafter sent this in for us to try. It's called Babysitter Barbecue um, and it's a sweet and savory version one. Now he's going to make some changes to this apparently with some particle size. And there are a couple of particles in here that are a little bit too big, but Tasting the seasoning just in our hands. What was the name of it? The wing shake that we used to eat by the shaker. Oh, sun-dried tomato basil? Sun-dried tomato yeah. basil. Oh, I haven't eaten was, as much oh. of a seasoning since that of this. When we made bread with that. Oh, my God. It was so good. That was for a live stream, wasn't it? The first time we did it? Yes, it was. Yeah. We did, we did it a couple different oh. times. We, all, we, had, we had that as like a, a palate cleanser when we did the Willet Barbecue beer. Okay. Uh, well, we too, that. And that, yeah, yeah was we very helpful. We probably also needed something in our stomachs in yeah. some of those live streams because go pretty hard. But we've got some chicken thighs here that we put it on. Uh, smoked it on our Camp Chef uh, on medium smoke at 320 degrees. And the nice thing about thighs is they're so nice and juicy. Well, I was just thinking as I was saying it, are people going to react to that like they reacted to moist on the live stream? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very good. That's the stuff. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say he's got something. Yeah, Raptor, you're onto something with that, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a good thing this is chicken because I don't feel bad like eating a bunch of it since we're supposed to be on a weight loss competition here. Right. But Do you want to talk about how that's been going? I'm pretty sure I've made a substantial change. Right. In the wrong direction. Sure. But. Well, I told you yesterday that I had three animal cracker cookies dunked in Dunkaroos frosting that my wife has for baking. I repeated that performance today. <clears throat> yeah, but. I can't stop eating like just. She buys all these amazing things to bake with. And then when she's done baking, she doesn't eat them. But I know they're there. <laughs> I can't control myself. Yeah. This is just a bad time of year to do anything like that. Um, uh, my uh, family didn't really do a big Christmas get together until this last weekend. And so my older brother and his family was in town. My sister was in town. And it was basically three, three four days of constantly doing stuff and activities and eating food that we either go out to eat or stuff that we all cooked at home and it's just a constant just feed your face and when it's there i tell myself like i'm gonna be okay and then you start eating and there's just no stopping no, there's no it. stopping yeah there's something that is inside my stomach that once i start eating i get hungrier and i have to like be away from the food for that to stop otherwise i'm mm-hmm. just gonna eat until there's no food left it's like my dogs sometimes get in trouble for resource protecting their food. I think that's what my brain is doing too. It's like, no, just eat it all. Don't let anyone else have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not very evolved of me, is it? No, it's not. I just, so I just have to say again, this is amazing. 
and if he yeah hopefully rafter does something with this um because i'm gonna want more than yep. what we just have For here sure. we're gonna have a fight to the death over who gets the rest of his sample you'll forget it and that comes home with me and then that's the end of it i'll yeah, I'll, for, I'll forget by the end of the podcast mm-hmm. but. all right so that's delicious we also have some snack sticks we made a while ago i was going through the freezer in preparation for the next video with you dylan brett and i um i was making a list of all the snack sticks that we actually have so what i still have to make uh that's gonna have to be a little bit away because there's a bunch of flavors that have to be made but this is jalapeno popper as a snack stick seasoning and i don't know if you ever got to try this so is this this is the bratwurst as mm-hmm. a snack stick mm-hmm. it's a pretty good snack stick that's really interesting it starts out with i don't know i can't even hardly describe the flavor the jalapeno doesn't get it like builds it's the pasteurized cheese in it that you're tasting first is that what it is i'm pretty sure yeah that's really good though very good the flavor is just yeah it's intense and it changes and develops and yep and it was five percent more seasoning per pound of meat that's about perfect on the mm-hmm. seasoning there too yeah not like the uh supreme wow. pizza that we did that 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 needs to be relisted and put on the snack stick page we might need to that's talk killer. to excalibur about getting another bag that actually says bratwurst snack stick or something because mm-hmm. it's worth it we would it's sell good absolute ton of those um okay so austin you didn't have as much time to prepare for this as patrick and i but the other day i got to thinking about what movie did the most for a specific food item and since i'm the one who brought it up i'll go first um so i don't even know when in the mid 2000s there was a movie that came out with Jack Black and um, what's his name? Meet the Fockers. Uh, ben Stiller yeah. called Envy. And it's where Jack Black creates a, a company where they come up with this concoction that you can spray on dog poo and it just vanishes. So you don't have to clean it up. Vaporize. Vaporize. Exactly. That's <laughs> You said that earlier today. I was like, oh, God. Um, and Flan. When they make it big, uh, yeah. they start eating this stuff called flan. And I'd never seen it before. And then it was everywhere. Like I saw it in the movie, or not movie theaters, I saw it in the supermarket. I heard people talking about it. And it was everywhere for about two or three years. And then it just went right back down huh. to being not popular. <laughs> never heard of the movie and never heard of the food. Oh, wow. It's yeah. like a pudding. You were, you were spot on, though. Like I remember watching, I saw it in theaters, one of those weird, like middle of a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as I'm watching this, not the worst movie ever. It's got more faces than it does like a solid storyline yes. or anything like that. Um, but yeah, if they start eating flan or flan. And I was like, am I even saying it? Like I felt like that? Ben Stiller's family watching it. I was like, what is it? Why don't we have, what's it taste like? I've never even seen it on a menu. And then like I said, for a year, two, three, it's like when you get a particular car or get rid of one and then you see it out and about everywhere <laughs> you go. Odd phenomenon. But yeah, I've similar experience. Um, should I go into mine? Yeah. Right now? Yep. Yep. Okay. So John asked me that question and it was, it was like instantly tough, but only because like once you have one in your head, you can't think of another food item or, or yeah. something like that. And That's it was, fair. 
And and when he first kind of asked, I thought he was talking about like type of food, like what, what's Meat. done more. Yeah, like right. one of the food pyramid sections or something. But I went with there is um I got it pulled up on my phone. I think it says like the greatest sandwich ever or something. But it was uh, yeah, world's greatest sandwich from uh, the movie Spanglish starring Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. So, so he made an incredible BLT. <laughs> With like lettuce and tomato and stuff and the way that that movie was shot and how it was really like pulling for like local, not really local chefs, which is it really did focus on food in a way that I hadn't seen from a mid 2000s movie. And you type it in right now, a sandwich from Spanglish, four, five, ten different recipes come up on sites linked with good photos. So it's just I think uh, that movie did a lot for uh, the BLT industry okay. right there. So. That's actually a good answer. Now, I hate that movie because I hate her. Tay Leone or whatever. No, I'm fine with her. The young... Oh, the, the the lady that speaks Spanglish. Yes, whatever her name is. <laughs> I hate her. Floor. No, no, no. Her Isn't that like a I famous know, actress? Re- I don't know. It's a famous actress. Maybe in... And I can't stand In Mexico, her. I have no She was clue, yeah. in the one of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe. As like the daughter of Blackbeard or something. Whatever. I never seen... I hate her in everything she's I've in. I cannot any, stand any her. one of the Pirates movies. My brother is the only person I've ever met who is on board with me with this. So I think it might be genetic. Like I have a genetic memory of, hey, hate her. So just FYI. All right, Austin. So I have yet again never seen that movie or... Pa- Paz or Vega. Anything, so. That's not who I'm thinking it is. I apologize, you're Paz. You're thinking it's Penelope Cruz. That's 100% who yeah. I'm thinking it is. I apologize to Paz <laughs> Vega. I'm very sorry. Yeah, that's not I do not hate Cruz. you at all. I don't even know you. I do. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't really have a great answer. Sure. And you're, 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 you're not going to like it. But mine isn't really a food item. You consume it, but a drink. Okay. It was, it was, that's fine. Yeah. In, yeah, in the amount that. of time you gave me, yep, it was it was, the, it was the only thing I could think of because I'm not a huge movie guy. Um, so, uh, at least for me, I'm going with Seven uh, Eleven Big Gulps uh, from the Dumb and Dumber movie. That's not bad. When, yeah. Lloyd's leaving and he's like, Big Gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> a better answer for uh, drinks would have been Mellow Yellow and Days of Thunder. The no. Tom Cruise car racing movie. Never seen that movie. I've never no heard of Metal Yellow before, and it was everywhere for a couple years after. Um, how about Sloppy Joe's from Billy Madison? Or uh, yeah, oh, but, but yeah. hold on, <laughs> that's really just a play on the the character he did, like the Sloppy Joe's. Oh, it was almost like a callback to exactly. the old joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What about a turkey sandwich from When Harry Met Sally? No, the movie is terrible. A tiramisu from the movie Superbad. Hated that movie too. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, weird, colorful stuff from the movie Hook. What? Oh, sp- oh, I know what they're talking about. They uh, ate like a gruel that was and the candy spaghetti from Elf. Hmm. hmm. No, but nobody's ever made no. candy spaghetti. Yeah. I hope. Oh, Please pi- tell pi- me. Pixie sticks and Captain Crunch sandwich from the Breakfast Club. Oh, that's right. I about that, but <laughs> I, I want to go back and make sure that. I'm not wrong here. Nobody makes candy spaghetti. No. Okay. No. Because <laughs> no. that, oh my good Lord, it sounds god awful. The only other movie I could think of that had like food in it at all um, that would, that I could even think would even fit it at all would be Willy, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, there you go. I mean, that is obviously the best answer. But yeah, did that is for clearly the I think like, candy was already doing well, but right? Yeah, but the, still, like no, objectively, yeah, yeah. that did but the most for that food group. Yeah. I still, I still, I still, that's like candy though. I was, I was trying to think of like a food, like that a hamburger would, or something. That, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with objectively. Anything. I'd say that's the best answer for just any Willy Wonka candy. Okay. Uh, 
moving on, that was a fun little sidebar thing. I'm going um, to watch Nick watch more movies for the next time we do something like this. Well, you have to understand, you're never going to beat him. <laughs> he knows everything about, like, I, I knew his movie wouldn't be, when he said it was Adam Sandler, because I asked him, like, who's, who's in the movie? I want to make sure we don't have the same one. And he said, Adam Sandler. I'm like, what? You're picking it? a mainline movie? I'm like, that's so surprising. <laughs> and of course, he picked the most obscure Adam Sandler movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, moving on, just a couple other things as general talk about before uh, we get to Meat Matters. Uh, Pass It On is doing a custom 22 rifle. Uh, it's a raffle. They're selling tickets. I bought one for everybody in my department, uh, and they're going to draw it as soon as they have um, all the tickets sold. Now, if you buy one on the day that this comes out Friday, you're also going to be entered into a separate drawing, it seems like, for a waterproof case for a shotgun. So you could also get that. Um, yeah, it's an awesome, awesome 22. Uh, it's got a bad scope on it. I mean, just sweet. When I say bad, I mean in a good way. Sorry. Uh, it's a Bergara B14R threaded carbon fiber barrel. It's a kinetic research group Bravo chassis with custom camouflage. And that the chassis looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's got a bipod, uh, trigger tech diamond pro trigger tuned to eight ounces uh, whatever an area 41930 MOA is, uh, but it's a Picatinny uh, scope rail. Uh, it's got a Bushnell Elite Tactical 3.5 to 21 by 50 DMR 3 scope. Now, if I win this, that scope is coming off this gun and going on to my 6.5 Creedmoor, and my 6.5 Creedmoor will go on to this. Because what am I ever going to shoot the little 20? Like, I'm not here, you know? Yeah. Um, I did take my 6.5 to the range the other day. And I hadn't sighted in forever, and it was super accurate. I mean, I was in groups of an inch at most. Um, and then it comes with a bunch of other things. So we'll put the link for that in the podcast post on uh, Meatistics. Now, another thing, we talked about this on the live stream, but I want to bring it up here a few times. Um, we're going to be releasing a... Uh, new video on how to make summer sausage. It's from A to Z, soup to nuts. It is literally everything you could need to know. Uh, we are also going to be doing a monthly competition on our favorite YouTube comment. So if you're a meat justics guy, make sure you go to YouTube, leave a comment and link or put your YouTube handle in that or some way for us to know who you are so that we can get back in touch with you. Okay. Uh, now, I have forgotten my receipt and we were going to talk about my quarter, mm. how much that cost. The good news is I did email Zach um, to make sure everything I was saying was accurate and he responded. So I have all that. All right. So my, let's see here. I did tell him, I'm like, first of all, I was 100% satisfied with everything. Uh, the meat, the taste of the meat was great. The packaging was great. The difference in the ground beef I got from them and what I generally buy at the store is night and day. I mean, absolutely great. Um, all right. So I paid $539, not including tax, and the hanging weight was 138 right? So that's $3.91 per pound on hanging weight. Now, for finished weight, I got 38 pounds of wrapped meat, 48 pounds of ground, because I just had them do all the roasts as ground. Um, you don't I eat, did, like, roasts? I, I would far rather eat ground beef. Oh. 
no. I love ground beef. I no. just spit my mother's like. face wide open. No. I'm just not a big roast fan. Oh my goodness. You're destroying a great, like great cut of meat. Do you not eat like roast and potatoes and no. carrots? Oh, and- oh <laughs> disgusting. You said potatoes. Oh my gosh. That is truly disgusting. No. You can. That's why your ground beef was you so good. You were you, so you put a ton of stuff in there. You should have ate elsewise. Nope. You can do. He'd, he'd love a shepherd's pie. I bet over here. No, I don't want a shepherd's pie. That's, You're a ground this beef. Is disgusting. Yeah, shepherd's pie. A has what, potatoes yeah, in it. Yeah, and then also peas. Yeah, that's the joke part, John. Oh, okay, Whew. I thought he was being serious. <laughs> Um, okay, so getting back to it, then two pounds of liver, heart, and tongue. I also want to say I took somebody's advice on meat logistics, and I made up some of the liver with uh, chicken on the run, and whew, really, really? Good. yeah, I told Zach they have to start carrying that and selling it specifically for hey, use this on liver if you don't like the taste of liver because um, it's awesome. All right, so eighty-eight pounds of finished product. I paid five thirty-nine for it, so six ten a pound. So checked with him; he just wanted me. Uh, to, to, to point out, you should mention that you only got a hind quarter and a half or whole cow would have driven that even lower. So I got a hind quarter. If I had gone with a half or whole, it would have been probably down in like the 550 range. Um, and for reference, they sell 90.10 for 5.99 a pound and 80.20 for 5.49 a pound. So, yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, it's a whole, it's still a whole lot better of a deal doing it like that because you, you're you're paying similar pricing to what you would for for ground beef and you're getting all the extra Everything cuts on else. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So excellent. That's awesome. I was extremely happy with it. And I told them, like, I really do think this is going to be for some people the new way that they do it. Like, I I will do this again probably before I run out. I'll buy more of it. Um, my wife's gonna have to be okay with another freezer uh, but you know i mean she kind of basement lets me do whatever i want down there do you have a chest freezer or an upright freezer chest you prefer the chest over the upright yeah okay and there's no room in that yeah like it is to the gills i have some jerky in vac bags down there not deer jerky beef jerky up on shelves because <laughs> my fear is my dogs are going to smell it and chew through that door um because they definitely have proven that they're willing to do that yeah. uh, and come home one day and they've eaten all my beef jerky. So, okay. A couple other things. Uh, now, this kind of is a uh, meat matters thing, but it's not going to do it outside of. Um, I'm getting really annoyed by the amount of eat these bugs stuff I'm seeing. It's bothering me more and well, more. You know, when we talk about it and you search for it, then Google is, or no, being everybody, right. they're going to put okay. more in there too. But like, I'm also talking about like podcast, people talking about it on podcasts, like things that they wouldn't tailor just to me. Okay. Okay. So it got me thinking, it's like, all right, well, if we want to compare apples to apples and you know, if you want to say crickets are better for the environment than cows as a protein source, whatever, let's just break it down to which one co- is more cost effective. Well, you think about, Crickets, they're fairly cheap to buy, right? But even whatever that tube was that we ate, that was probably less than an ounce. Oh, yeah. There was... Right. Yeah. Okay. So, some things here. Um, The protein content for a strip steak, and we'll just go with strip steaks because that's what I've been eating a lot of recently, 23 grams of protein per 100 grams. Now, protein content for crickets, they don't really release that. 
Now, we'll talk about something in a little bit, but really, they tried to hide this. What they do say is uh, the protein content of cricket powder. Okay, but those are two different things. Because when you eat a cricket, you're eating uh, the the shell, which is made of like chitin, chitin, and that's an indigestible uh, source of fiber. So you're only going to absorb, say, 60% of the protein. And I, personally, I think that's being very generous. Um, so you would need to eat about a third the amount of total crickets to get the same amount of protein as a steak. Now, granted, this is going on their 60% right? And it, we're going to show later that it's actually significantly lower than that. Uh, so let's say we need 33 grams of crickets or 1.1 ounce of crickets to give us the same protein as 100 grams of steak. With me so far? Making sense? Okay. Um, so how much does one ounce of ready-to-eat crickets cost? Well, on Amazon, we can find them from anywhere from 10 to 33 ounces or 10 to $33 an ounce. For a good strip steak, you can expect to pay $15 a pound. So that's 16 ounces. So at three and a half ounces a serving, which is ridiculous. I mean, come on. Um, who's eating three and a half ounces a serving of steak? That is a very small person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people are going to eat oh God, the whole like steak. Four servings of steak when I eat steak. Yeah. And that's when we're not talking about the two inch ones I got from, <laughs> <laughs> from Cravels. So, all right. Anyway, sorry. Um, so if we take 15 and divide it by 450, we're talking about $3 and 33 cents a serving. <clears throat> so uh, if you go with the higher end of what a cricket would be, it's literally a 10th of the price to eat steak. So get out of here with all your cricket nonsense. I'm not paying 10 times as much to eat something that's far inferior taste. Yeah. It's uh, to be honest, it uh, pro probably a lot of it is just the economy of scale on it. I mean, what, what could true. something like that truly be produced at if it was produced in the same quantity that, that beef is. Yeah, but. That, that probably is true. Now, later I did find an article that was edible crickets around the world, distribution, nutritional value, and other benefits. Uh, this is from NIH.gov. Now, they said between 55 to 74% protein, but look at this. The protein digestibility of some crickets was also investigated in the review and was 50.2% for Brachytrupus. Uh, these protein digestibilities or sorry, these protein digestibility values for the crickets are slightly lower <laughs> compared to the value of eggs, 95%, beef, 98%, and cow's milk, 95%. In what world is 50.2 slightly less than 95, 98, and 95? Yeah, that's uh, it's not quite half. accurate. It's half. Yeah. That's complete and total nonsense. I mean, Talk about just driving an agenda. And that's NIH.gov. I mean, they're supposed to be a reliable source. Very, very upsetting. Um, and then this little bit down here. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I started responding to somebody this morning on uh, what happened with their summer sausage and started thinking, all right, we want to start the temperature so low on a sausage because we want to keep the proteins within 20 degrees of the animal's living weight to prevent heat shock proteins. I was like, wait, that's not the right term. Heat shock proteins is right because that's what you're going for when you go into a sauna. 
you want your body to create heat shock proteins. Then I was like, well, wait a minute. Are they the same thing? Like, is that the same function? So I checked with some people around here and they're like, no, like that isn't, (laughs) we don't know. I don't want to look into it. So I started trying to do some digging and all of my papers like that I used to be able to research, they're all behind paywalls now. I don't know what happened. Did you even look incognito on them? No. Because it could be you a deal. think that I've reached my max Yeah, free. yeah. That would actually make a lot of sense. That would actually... Okay, so I will try that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the obvious difference between our bodies and, uh, you know, some sausage that we're putting in to the smoker is, you know, our, we're, we can still create proteins. We're living organism. I don't think a hunk of meat is able to... I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think it's able to do that. So, yeah. that would be pretty clear differences. Okay. Moving on to, uh, wait, wait, one more thing. This one article at the bottom here, cricket nutrition information. You don't even have to click on it, but it compares the value of calcium for crickets versus pork. Who is using pork as a source of calcium? Nobody. Yeah. That's like me saying I come up with units of taste and beef is 700 units of taste and cricket is a half. Like, that does not make any sense. Unless I'm unaware of pork being a source of calcium. Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. I I do have one other cricket story before we go on. Go ahead. So, I took the the little test tube of crickets that we had bought to eat on the podcast, uh, took that home and uh, had that at uh, our family Christmas get-together. Um, I was waiting for a time to get with all the little kids and, and see, see who I could get to eat crickets. Um, got everybody together after dinner and I'm like, okay guys, it's time for dessert. And everyone's all the little kids, uh, they run up and they're like, oh yeah, okay, okay. And, uh, my son already knew what it was yeah. and he doesn't, he didn't know what I was trying to do. So he runs up like as I'm opening it and dumping some out into my hand and he's like, Ooh, crickets. <laughs> All the kids but one run away screaming and one of them, uh, he he stood there and so he's still looking at it, kind of pondering, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And so, I take a few, I eat them and then he's looking at it. He's like, okay, he takes some, he eats it and all the other all the other kids, they wouldn't touch them but uh, Bo, he, he was like, hmm, he's like, that's not bad. It doesn't really taste like anything. What uh, was the middle? Bo is my... Uh, older brother's second kid. Second kid. Okay. Yeah, second kids are always the best. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so we we ate a few more of the crickets. Uh, I still have a good amount left in the test tube, but yeah. um, I tried to get the rest of the kids to get in on it, and only one of them would. Uh, right. w- one of them would do it. The most adventurous of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that makes sense. Why would you eat crickets? There's no real reason for it. Um, okay. Uh, moving on. Our first story we're going to spend almost no time on, but uh, it did come up while I was searching the news for meat. North California statue of meatpacking magnet beheaded. Somebody cut off the head of a stone statue of, uh, what was his name? Uh, Charles Swanston in Sacramento's William Land Park on Monday. I think they're looking for the headless horseman, right? Cuts off heads. Mm -hmm. That would make the most sense to me. All right. 
as I said, we're not spending any time on that. Uh, Farmer slam Biden over latest eco-regulation targeting business, federal overreach. And oh boy, is it. Um, they are reclassified. They have reclassified. They did this very quietly over the weekend. Uh, and they reclassified creeks and ravines no. as now manageable water sources. Yep. That's great. So my recent uh, slide down the anarchist path just got significantly steeper. So I, I would be interested to see what um, some of the conservationists groups. Oh, they'll be in what, favor of it. Yeah, what they're in favor of because sometimes there is a there is a a driving force behind these things that that has a good purpose and it can just be twisted and contorted into something that ends up not being as good. But I'd be interested to see what specifically BHA um, if they it. yeah what they think about it because um, all right I'll reach out to Josh see if, see what they think about it because there I mean there are a lot of times when yeah protecting water is a good thing but if if they went as far as to say like ravines and stuff and yeah it does does it apply to uh, a creek and a creek bed that's full of water for one month out of the year. Um, what? That says, yeah. critics of the move said it would lead to increased federal scrutiny over how farmers and other landowners <clears throat> treat water sources on their properties, such as ravines and creeks, creating additional costs. AFBF is extremely disappointed in the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers. New Waters of the United States rule, said Zippy Duval. Good name. Farmers and ranchers share the same goal of protecting the nation's waterways, but they deserve rules that don't require a team of attorneys and consultants to identify navigable waters on their land. 100% agree. 100% agree. Makes me mad. I would say most creeks would not qualify as navigable, at least in my opinion. So, you say that, but back up in New York, like the Lysakil Creek, you could take a boat on, no problem. Uh, there were a couple other creeks that we would like take a motorboat on to and fish. It's no longer a creek. That's a river. That was classified river. as a creek. Huh. I don't know. Around here, I just, I, I have a different picture of what a creek is. Maybe, and maybe that, or I'm, I'm saying it wrong from, from everyone around here, you, you'd, you'd call it a creek. A creek. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. You guys also think uh, highway overpasses are mountains though. So, you know, no, so we're not going to take it no. too seriously. All right. Uh, vegetarians suffer more depression than meat eaters. This is from Medscape. Now in the defense of this article um, before i even read it the first thing i wrote is or are those who are depressed more likely to eat vegetarian mm -hmm. right and th that's what they bring up they say it's the it is possible that it is the other way around um, but it does say that vegetarian lifestyle have about two times the incidence of depression as people who are non-vegetarian now there list some possible reasons for that and some of them are actually very possible um First of all, in a lot of communities, there's definitely a stigma to being a vegetarian. Like if someone tells me they're vegetarian, even though my wife was one, I immediately think a certain way about them. Like, like you're probably an activist. We're probably not going to get along. Now, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong, of course, but I mean, there's definitely a stigma to it in, in some circles. In other circles, it's held up as, you know, like, oh, of course, you're better than all the meat eaters. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it is also videos depicting violence and cruelty in the meat industry may affect them and make them depressed. 
I mean, if you're a vegetarian and you're watching those videos, that that's on you. When those things come around, though, because there have been a few famous videos over uh -huh. the past couple decades, and it, those are one bad actor out of a whole ginormous industry that does something stupid and you have the same thing and no matter what industry if it's food or not food related anything there's always there's always small segments that that people do stupid things yep. and it gives the overall group a, a bad stigma yeah i'm but, thinking of that uh guy who worked on the hog for farm who was killing the pigs or the sows by smashing them it's like yeah but that guy was also a psychopath or sociopath, yeah, whatever. So, um, but yeah, just turn it off if you're a vegetarian. I mean, I don't. What would make me really sad? I don't watch videos of like uh, Korean people preparing dog. I just don't watch it. I know it happens, but it doesn't affect my mental state one bit. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, all right. <coughs> this is a. Uh, not an easy one to explain. This is an article from Meat and Poultry, and it says scaffolds and microcarrier developer cultivates chicken nuggets. Okay. I don't even know how to get into this. It's, there's so much to it. Um, so first of all, what are scaffolds and microcarriers, right? Because those aren't common words that anyone without a PhD in food science is going to know. So microcarriers help grow and proliferate. Pro I knew I was going to struggle with that. <laughs> proliferate there you go cells in bioreactors for cultivated meat products okay but that doesn't tell us really what they are so they're a non-toxic finely particulate material used to grow cells in a suspension or support matrix with which facilitates the growth of adherent cells in a bioreactor so basically it's a structure that allows the cells to kind of grow in a specific form uh, scaffolds are used to proliferate they did it to me again, to that word, uh, mature and differentiate cells, signaling gene expression and protein expression, which turn cells into complex tissue structures like cultivated meat. Well, that sounds like the same thing. So it seems like the main difference is microcarriers are used in a bioreactor, whereas scaffolds aren't. Okay. So they're kind of do the same thing, just in different arenas. Uh, the cultivated cells were harvested and combined with a proprietary mixture of plant-based proteins to form an edible hybrid chicken nugget. Okay, so here's where this is going to get incredibly messy. How do you label that? How do you reliably market that? It's not chicken. There's no way that they should be allowed to call that chicken. In theory, it should be, ha it should be labeled... In a similar way that ham products sometimes have to be labeled. Um, so chicken product nugget? Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you can call something ham. You can call it ham with natural juices added. Mm -hmm. You can call it ham with water added or like a, I don't know, ham-like product. Don't they it depends on how much other stuff you're putting into it, how much additives and water and whatnot you, you know. Don't they have to call the cheese that McDonald's uses on their burgers cheese-like product? Uh -huh. I'm pretty sure. Like, like Velveeta is not cheese. It's a cheese-like cheese product. Cheese-like product, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, maybe that that's the same thing. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's cell-based chicken, but cell-based chicken used with a plant protein. It's not, it's not the same thing. Um, so, that got me thinking. And I was like, I bet you there's somebody out here already 
working on this. And there is. Unfortunately, it's not our side. Um, this is submitted by the Harvard Law Animal Law and Policy School. So it says the Harvard Law and Animal Policy Clinic writes to respectfully urge the U.S. Department of Agriculture to adopt a labeling approach for cell-based meat and poultry products that does not overly restrict speech and that respects the First Amendment. Okay, now the First Amendment argument for what? For marketing? Yeah, that's... Are you kidding me? This is from the First Amendment Encyclopedia from uh, via Middle Tennessee State University. For commercial speech to receive the First Amendment protection, the commercial speech must relate to lawful activity and not be misleading. Calling it meat is misleading. Yeah, because it's that's not what it is. Because it's not meat. Uh huh. Even if you want to do the fully cell grown without any plant based structures mixed into it, I still think that's misleading to call it meat. Because it didn't come, it didn't come from a live animal right. that was harvested and and produced into what you're eating. Now, I I don't know when this happened, but it says while the regulatory pathway for cell based meat is not yet entirely defined, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Food and Safety and Inspection Services (USDA FSIS) has recognized cell based meat and poultry products as meat. When did that happen? I don't know. Right? I don't know that I'm a fan of it, though. Of course you're not a fan. That is, they've already classified these products as meat. So they're way ahead of us. What is he saying? Oh, no, we didn't do that. Oh, okay, we can try that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. But no, 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 that's fine. I was just talking about uh, earlier this morning, we found a, or John came across a quote-unquote mystery meat. Just some, one bag on label. One thing didn't have a label, but um, I'm kind of glad because it's like I have a new favorite, but I don't know what it we is. We don't know. What it is. <laughs> it's good. It's do, you want, do you want to try it? Sure. Yeah, okay, I gotta try this then. Try it. Um, I'll keep talking while while they do this part. Um, but it says a labeling scheme that does not ban the use of common or usual meat and poultry terms or product names on cell based meat products, and that only requires disclosures when necessary to protect consumers, is consistent with longstanding USDA policy. Prioritizes or prioritizes consumer safety while preserve, preserving consumer choice and enables the American innovations to compete fairly. See, this is a pro. He already cut it in half. Yeah, looked at it. That's what we did too, eventually. The cheddar is kind of, it, it throws you because there's only a certain things that we would add cheddar to, so to speak. Do we think it's an actual snack stick seasoning? Ooh, no. Great question. That's yes. a great opening question. That, that was my, my eventual, what I came up with is that it's not snack stick. And I'm pretty sure I know what I did with it. Do you want to take any guesses? So you think you know what it is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's tough for those listening. I had it this morning, and it it, it just the, the the bite was was supposed to be so the perfect amount of fat content, um, cheese, of course, there. But it has a black pepper to a red pepper kind of heat. Nothing crazy. Nothing big. Very pleasant. Uh-huh. I'd almost say a little less tongue spice than a willies and that's saying yep and that just has a black pepper level heat so yeah i i'm i'm guessing you did it with the walton's bull jerky oh that's an interesting one no that's not it what do you think then fairly certain it's h summer with smooth acid i don't know that might that i mean that would make sense because it's i've never made walton's bold with 
yeah. into snack sticks. But I think if you did acid, we would want to taste that and you wouldn't add cheese. Oh, that's a good point. Right. This, that w- this has cheese, to be from around the time we first got smooth acid. Yeah. I think we would have made a bigger deal of like, oh, this one has smooth acid in it. Um, We're never going to know. I don't know. Yeah. It's really good though. Like if you want a mild snack stick, recreate whatever I did here. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. can't tell you how to do it. It's Yeah. We'll call it mystery original. I don't know. We have some that. more of it. So we'll let some other people try it and see if anyone can figure it out. Yeah. I'd, I'd ask I'd ask Dylan and Kurt, ask the two of them. Okay. Now, last thing on this bit. Th- now, this is from their documentation. This is what they cited, okay? Although precise calculations are unavailable, cell-based meat is predicted to require less energy, significantly less water, and almost no land to produce, as well as produce far fewer greenhouse gas emissions than slaughter-based meat. What they were referencing, uh, cyanobacteria hydrolysate, was assumed to be used as the nutrient and energy source for muscle growth. They don't know. They're assuming that (laughs) they used this cyanobacteria. So Harvard Law has submitted a petition that admitted the calculations were unavailable and the source they cited admitted that they were assuming that they used a specific type of whatever cyanobacteria hydrolysate is. Yeah, that's a lot to be going off. How does that get through? How does that get through? I don't know. I, I I don't think there's anybody on whatever you want to colloquially call our side <clears throat> that like monitors this and actually pushes back. I think they're all part of the same. Yeah, all right. And you want to get more conspir- conspiratorial minded? While I said during the time that all the um, meat processing fires were just, you know, explainable by the fact that Hasn't been updated in a long time. People are overworked, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're growing the largest or they're building the largest cell-based factory in America. Probably sure does help to have all that competition gone. Yeah, I think you're stretching it a little too much. Sure. But. All right. Next story. Hershey's. Hershey's is sued over chocolate bars allegedly containing lead and cadmium. Um. So consumer advocacy nonprofit Consumer Reports sent 28 dark chocolate bars from brands including Hershey's, Lily's, Trader Joe's, and Lind for testing. The results published earlier this month found that 23 of the bars, they sent 28, 23 of the bars, eating an ounce a day meant an adult can consume more lead and cadmium than public health authorities generally consider safe. Consumer Reports testing found that one ounce of Hershey's Special Dark Mildly Sweet Chocolate contained 265% of the levels of lead and 30% of the levels of cadmium that California classed as the maximum allowable dose. For Lily's Extra Dark dark Chocolate 70% Cocoa, one ounce contained 144% of the lead and 42% of the cadmium, while Lily's Extreme Dark Chocolate was 143% and 101% for cadmium. That's That's wild. That's wild. That's not even the big shocker from all this. Here it is. There aren't any federal limits on how much lead and cadmium most foods can contain. How? How is that? We had to take it out of our paint. Uh How are they allowing it in our food? I don't know how, where does that even come from in like the chocolate? Did it talk about that at all? Like did, 
does it come like during the processing or does it come from the cocoa? So bean? the cocoa bean itself, they think is while it's drying in the sun is when it like really comes out of it. Uh, the heavy metal part, the cadmium and the lead they think is from the soil, but I don't care. Okay. You can't use those cocoa beans from that area. They have lead and cadmium in them. And who eats the most of these bars? Oh, I mean, if it's if it's dark chocolate, mostly adults. I'm guessing kids probably don't. Oh, if it was regular chocolate, shoot. yeah, be that's kids, a good point. But that's a good point. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Now it does say that they do monitor it and pay more attention uh, to specific population groups, like very young children. And my point there was okay, who eats a ton of chocolate? But all right, if it's dark chocolate, that actually makes yeah. that actually makes more sense. Please don't use. Uh, any more logic in the coming up <laughs> things that's going to hurt my points rather badly. Um, all right. There is a, a project to examine E. coli's viability during romaine post-harvesting. We're not going to talk about this, but just thought it was interesting that there are ongoing studies, studies on this, especially considering the uh, story we talked about last week with the outbreak that closed all of those um, restaurants down. So, um, McDonald's and Beyond Meat introduced the double Mc plant in UK and Ireland. So Europe has fallen. There is nowhere else to go. I thought I thought that a lot of the restaurants were starting to take out some of the the plant based proteins because they do, weren't doing well enough. I don't know. Maybe Seems they, they just have, have another thought or idea. But they're <laughs> at least they're they're not doing it everywhere. They're doing it in one region. So. Oh, I mean, they're See doing from the UK it. and Ireland. Is Ireland no longer part of the UK? I mean, I know Northern Ireland was never part of the UK, but I thought... No, Northern Ireland Northern Ireland should be a part of the UK. Ireland does not. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I have it backwards. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in this, they do talk about how on the this version of it, they're going with a a fully vegan bun, a fully vegan cheese. So some of the, the complaints from people previously were, okay, it doesn't contain meat, but it's not vegan. So they are going with more of like a... So are they going to cook vegan. it on a separate griddle then? Because that was so. one of the other complaints yeah. before. I don't yeah. think they're going to cook it on a separate griddle. Sweet. So they're still going to get some beef juice in there. Somehow. <laughs> yep. um, and then we don't have to talk about the next one. Just... Oh, actually, we will talk about real quick just because there was an update on it. Uh, so this article is fear of extremism campaign after attack on U.S. power station. I jokingly have a note that just says I'm going to be posting up near our power station real soon. But it was actually uh, guys who did it so that they could then go rob a business while they, it had no power. They That's caught, sophisticated. Yeah, they caught two to four people who did it. And uh, they haven't charged them yet, um, but they have like all the information they need. They have pictures of them somehow. I assume they had a security system there. I'm sure they'll get a GoFundMe or something going. So that's depressing, but that's true. <laughs> they will. They will. They'll get bailed out. All right. The worst meats and cheeses to cut, according to deli workers, is from the Takeout.com. Some of these make some sense, and some of them are sort of surprising. Um, aged cheeses because they have a tendency to crumble as they're cut. I was not aware of that. So don't try and slice aged cheese with your Walton's uh, slicer. Uh, Polish ham, 
I don't even know what a Polish ham is. It makes it sound like it's super dense and pressed. So we should we need to try all these and see how easy they actually might be. Well, how am I going to get a Polish ham? We'll research it. We've gotten some pretty exotic uh, proteins over the last year and a half. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Rectangular enclaves. So is it? It's a. It's got to be like a restructured ham, and I don't think it's restructured. I think it's pressed. So I think they're taking uh, ham meat and trying to make it into like a specific, like a not square but almost like oval. Yeah, because uh, I mean we sell ham presses, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't press it enough to really so. change that it's that's going to be more for like a uh at least a a boneless ham that's been reformed mm-hmm. or probably a, a full restructured ham that you're going to put into a fibrous casing and then ham press and squish it a little bit give you a little texture on the right outside but i'm not just, i don't know completely alter the shape of yeah. an actual ham I'm going ha- to have to look more into this. I'm intrigued now. Uh, Munster cheese. It says the orange rind sticks to the blade and the rest is a mess and then hardens on your blade and becomes impossible to stick or to clean. Um, buffalo chicken and Italian roast beef. So anything with a sticky sauce. And then olive loaf because it falls mm-hmm. apart when it's cut too thin because the olives break up the structure of the meat. Is olive loaf still out there? Unfortunately, yeah, I think so. I'm not a fan. I mean, I guess I don't ever go to the deli section anymore, like the fresh deli section. So I don't know, but I feel like I haven't seen one in a really long time. Most of the like I mean, deli sections that I've been to, like over the past couple of years, they've all been pretty much shut down because they just like slice it up and put it out. You can't actually go get and do stuff right there. I'm sure it's back now. I just haven't paid attention for a while, but through I, COVID, it was like, oh no, they I'm they would pre- pre-slice things and. I'm pretty sure Dylan's never shut down. Really? I could be wrong, but I'm pretty okay. sure. Dude, um, you ever go to the, the the deli section and feel like the main character in like an apocalypse movie? You're like, wait a minute. There's like nothing here. Is there something, a phenomenon going on I should be aware of? And then I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm just out of the loop. I missed the news that day. Like, you know how every cool zombie or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Starts. The one person who's unaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, here we are. Deli Psycho. <laughs> I guess it's baloney again. I mean, not that that's what I wasn't going there for. Right. The first yeah, that's what you wanted anyways. But, you know, makes it an easy decision when that's all there is. And somebody on Meet Just Six did recently make a olive loaf and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Making it at home makes sense. But it doesn't seem like there's enough of a demand to warrant it being in a deli. Could be wrong. Yeah. Could be wrong. Um, just kind of a funny story. Uh, frozen meat worth uh, $2.8 million or Hong Kong dollars. Uh, two men arrested in Hong Kong operation against sea smuggling. So they had 25 tons of frozen meat worth $2.8 million Hong Kong dollars, which surprisingly is only 358000 US dollars. I mean, 25 tons for 358000 That's That's pretty good dollar per pound value there yeah right that seems smugglers are yeah they're on to something um but they were trying to uh smuggle it in on a boat and the smuggling uh operation caught them as they were coming in um now this 
more of a, a serious article, but it says production trends to impact U.S. Re- red meat exports in 2023. So larger pork production in 2023 will generate new opportunities for export growth, especially with pork production in Europe declining. With the European Union being the world's largest pork producer and the United States' primary competitor in many key markets, U.S. meat exports federate or Federation President and CEO Dan Halstrom says the current situation could generate new opportunities for U.S. export growth. Uh, U.S. beef production is expected to decline in 2023 due to drought-driven contraction of the U.S. cattle herd. While tight beef supplies will impact export volumes, Halstrom explains that this will also expand opportunities to aggressively market underutilized beef cuts. I I eat all sorts of beef cuts. I don't think there's anything that's underutilized. Um, but again, I think more, more and more people are going to end up going to their local farmer, <laughs> to their local meat packer and buying halves, quarters. I saw somebody doing an eighth online the other day. So I, I think that's what it's going to be. And I, I could even see more of almost like a subscription service with your local meat cutter. It's just like, hey, these are the cuts we have available. That would be interesting to know. Yeah, if any local meat cutters start doing that, I've seen more and more meat subscription boxes from large companies. Right, but um, that's like Snake River Farms and other huge places. Yeah, yeah, they're big places. I'm talking about more like of a localized. Mm-hmm. That would deal. be kind of cool. Yeah, could work. In theory, they could do it. Yep. Because yep. I mean, you you get rid of your uh, logistical nightmare of shipping uh, meat. That yeah, when it goes. If it's going to go bad, you, you have any delay in your shipment, it's going to go bad. Yeah. Now, it obviously reduces the size of your potential customers, but. But it could get people to buy that way that wouldn't have otherwise gone to a local meat market or butcher yeah. shop. I said a long time ago that I thought things like this would kind of be the way it goes, that you're going to start seeing less and less cuts available at your uh, big box stores and. Uh, Dylan's things like that and people who want it are going to have to go find their local meat produ- or meat packer. It'd be interesting. So, all right. Last story is uh, the raw food diet was ranked the worst diet for 2023. <laughs> Number two was keto. Number two on worst. So why is it the worst? Because is that raw food like meat, vegetables, everything raw? No cooking. So, I, they don't talk about necessarily eating... Well, they might even say meat on there. Fish came up in the raw food diet. Um, but I've eaten raw meat numerous times to no ill effect. Um, <laughs> to no ill effect. I loved it. What are we laughing at? That was wild. You're only going to get by so many times before you get way sick. If necessary, to prove my point, I will eat the rest of the meat that I bought from Cradles or Crables raw. Don't. No, on camera. Just don't. No. Why not? We've done when, that. When you <laughs> wind up in the hospital with with E. coli and listeria, everything combined all in one massive superbug, I might visit you still, but I probably won't because I'll be like, he's an idiot and he doesn't deserve any support at this It's point. most likely going to give me superpowers. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be all the bugs. It's going to be like Captain <laughs> Planet when they all come together. Nice. And I start glowing out of my eyes and... Wind. Water. E. coli. <laughs> um, my note here is to scream, ah, ah, and then tear off my shirt like Alex Jones. <laughs> um, oh. No, but there's no way you're telling me that 
so their points in this was restrictive diets often don't work and can actually backfire. That's true. But that's just a, an, a matter of willpower is all that is. I oh, think, yeah. I think we're super weak today. Mm-hmm. I think if you took us and threw us back in like the 40s, I read this thing the other day that was like people born in 1900. Okay. By the time you were uh, 16, World War One had started. You got through World War One. You had the uh, um, market crash in the twenties. People losing their houses like crazy. Going into the depression. Then you had. Or I'm sorry. The twenties began with the Spanish flu. Then you had the market crash of the twenties. Then you had World War Two. Then we come out of that, and it was just like a uh, terrible event, terrible event, terrible event that lasted like long periods of time. I think you throw the average person back. From now back then, they'd fall apart. Yeah, I, ever, I mean, everyone today is so used myself to included comfort and convenience. Yep. Not used to uh, struggling to get their own food. You're not raising your own beef. Not farming your own vegetables. Yep. You're you're going to the grocery store when when you're sick, um, or you just have anybody pain. Like early, earlier, I, I had was having like some chest and shoulder pain, and I was just like, oh, I walked over to the sanitation closet, grabbed some ibuprofen. Threw it down the hatch, feel great now. Yep. It's like the tiniest little thing that that provides discomfort. And we just, we have a solution to put us right back into the comfort zone. And it's just, yeah, a hundred years ago, there was not the same type of thing. There's no, yeah, but, nothing. And unless you lived in a city, you probably had a, a cow and some vegetables and probably chickens. Like if you lived at all out in, don't even call it the country, call it just outside the suburbs, you probably had those things. Now, you know, I look at those people incredibly jealously, but you know. That's why they look so old too. And there is probably that. Their life was if you so look back hard. At, I yeah. just saw a, a, a thing about um, like each generation before you, it just happens to look older. But in fact, come on, they did look, they did so, look older. Seriously yes. older. But yeah. I mean, that's for every reason listed, if not, you know, and then availability of normal hygienic products on a daily like i mean simple stuff like that maybe but yeah diet sure yep. there's no diet wake, wake up we got stuff to do what are you talking about well what's gonna ki- you know that someone's got to kill that cow right we yep. <laughs> we've got to eat yeah, we either 100%. do this or we don't eat so thanks a lot guys as always remember to like comment and subscribe and uh we'll what see you next week we're doing one next week yep 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 we're both here so we'll do one next week Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.